Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy, this is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass, y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the HA podcast. We have a recovery story today and I'm excited to bring this story to you guys. I feel like I've known Lena now. How long have I known you for now? I think you've known me for... For some time, maybe half okay. half a year. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe six since, definitely six months minimum. Uh, I think since June last year. Mm, okay, yeah. So it's been uh, yeah, it's been a while. So I've gotten to learn so much about Lena and and watch her her story. And it's not, you know, it's not 
like and like every story it has its own up and downs and trials and tribulations so now that she has had a number of recovery cycles um I wanted her to come on the story and kind of come on the show and tell her story so welcome Lena I'm so excited thanks for having me it's my first podcast ever yes. and it's uh, always been a dream of mine to participate in a podcast and today's the day so um, yeah. yeah you're like one day I'm, I'm gonna be on a podcast I don't know what for but I'm gonna be on a show somewhere <laughs> I like that so would you do us a favor and start by telling us like who you are where you're from um mm-hmm. and where and then kind of dive into where your where your experience with periods and yeah missing started of course so my name is Lena I'm uh, 25 years old I'm from Germany I think most uh, Germans um, can hear that (laughs) Um, yeah um, I got I got into lifting um, pretty early I think but um, yeah that's (laughs) oh sorry something in my throat let's um I think start um at my pre-teenage and early teenage years um I think that's <coughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> well I've like um, never heard you cough are you is that yeah. are you nervous <laughs> is it like a I, nervous I'm really nervous and um <laughs> yeah okay. I think. all good well don't be because every <laughs> single person listening is a friend they are all like yes tell me what you know because we need (laughs) yeah we need the advice yeah true so let's do it let's hope the frog in my throat um Mm -hmm. goes away (laughs) yeah so let's start at my early uh, teenage years I think I've um I've been a bit overweight um at the age of I think 11 or 12 but never um health-threatening you know so I was um was never a beast or something like that I just felt like um, I never was one of the beautiful or popular girls. Um, that's the thing that, that's been always bothering me. It was pretty hard for me to accept because I always thought I'm not good enough. I always thought I, I got to lose weight. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not pretty enough, all, all that stuff. And I um, always felt like I didn't fit in, which was pretty hard too. So um yeah that's um when I was 11 or 12 or something um a couple years later I think maybe at 14 15 16 years I lost weight naturally without um, doing really much so it just came off and um then I had a normal healthy body and was at a healthy weight I always loved food I was always I was a good eater and um everything um seemed to be fine from the outside but um yeah that's where it all started because um at the age of 15 or 16 i joined my first gym um i always wanted to lose more weight to be finally skinny and like the all the other girls whatever that means (laughs) um Mm. yeah i did mostly only cardio and i tried to eat only the calories i burned in my cardio sessions which is just just crazy (laughs) so I tried to only eat 200 or 300 calories for dinner every day and a lot of the evenings I only had like a protein bar and a little something which clearly wasn't enough because I still was growing and everything and yeah but I tried to eat as little as possible because I 
you know, I wanted to lose weight. And I, I was like, you know, um, everyone tells you if you want to lose weight, you, you need to eat. You don't need to eat. <laughs> you got to stop eating. Mm. So that's the first thing you learn, I think. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, so I, so I lost weight and um, I received a lot of compliments because I, because I looked better and I got more skinny and people were like, oh my God, you changed and oh, you look so good and everything. And that encouraged, uh, encouraged me even more to lose more weight. But um, I think um, all the girls and all the women um, who've been in my place or are in my place, they know that it's, it's just never enough. You're never happy in your body and um, it always gets worse always gets worse and you're still feeling fat or too big and all the stuff you're telling yourself and um i just felt i still felt like i'm i'm never gonna be good enough it's just not for me i'm i, I need fixing my body isn't good enough and so um down the road i got scared of food and i i was terrified of gaining weight and i was always chasing like the lowest number possible on the scale um i think um, problem was that I was never really underweight um, BMI wise so um, on the outside everything looked fine but my brain started to you know get more and more sick and nobody was was seeing that I think for a long time hmm. yeah um, yeah what happened next um, after graduating from school I think I was 18 or 19 years old I found another gym and I found strength training for me and I found lifting and um, I really loved it from the start and it just was such a cool thing for me because I was so good at it and I just my body is made for lifting and I've always mm. been um, yeah mostly bad <laughs> at most sports yeah, just, same. yeah I'm not tall and I'm not um, skinny my muscles are pretty yeah um, yeah, you got like those short insertion points yeah. and those the good levers, like leg to torso ratio. Exactly. That's like not ideal for sports other than power sports yeah. and strength <laughs> sports. And yeah, totally. right, right. So I just felt like, oh, I, I finally found my thing and that's my thing and I can be good at that and I have to get better. And it's just, um, yeah, I'm a really... Um, what's the word for it? I got a strong mind and everything I, I want to achieve, I'm going to achieve. And there is not a, not a single thing in my life I didn't achieve, <laughs> which is pretty good, I think. But um, mm. yeah, I'm such a stubborn person. So um, yeah, I couldn't, um, couldn't just do it for fun. I, ha I had to get better uh, with it. And so my body changed again and I lost even more fat and gained muscle and I, I looked toned and um I got even more compliments for being so fit and dedicated and um yeah so um that's how it went for the first couple of years and um what's interesting maybe is um I was on a pill at that time and there um there came a time where I didn't even get a withdrawal bleed anymore so I didn't didn't even bled on the pill so I think my HA developed maybe yeah, maybe at the age of 19. Sometimes I think maybe it developed when I um, went to the US after graduating from school and I went there six weeks with my um, um, my then boyfriend. 
and um, I know my I knew my um, um, what do I want to say? Um, my goal was to not gain any weight in the U.S. And I was just so terrified because I knew from other people they they went from Europe to the U.S. for maybe an au pair year or something, and they they came home and they they looked horrible. <laughs> and um, I felt like, oh my god, I'm that's just not the way it it's gonna be for me. And I even lost weight um, in the U.S. and I tried to eat as little as possible and I only ate like two times a day and that's because that was um, what my former boyfriend then was doing and I felt like okay so um, I can't eat more often than him that's just not possible I have to eat less mm -hmm. than him <laughs> and um, yeah I have a question for you really quick mm -hmm. um, when you kind of said you you saw other people come back from their time overseas and you felt that they looked horrible can you put words to that? Like, what do you, what, what did you see and feel about mm -hmm. those people? Yeah, I, I think I saw and I felt everything that society is telling us about, um, um, yeah, about the fact that, yeah, about when, when people, when they gain weight, it's just nothing that anyone wants to see. And it's it's never good. And it's always like, oh my God, she let herself go and she mm. she ate too much and she um she didn't take care of herself and she blew up. I don't know. Yeah. She's yeah. Never heard anything, right? like... uh, anything positive positive about it. Yeah. Isn't that that's such an interesting conditioning, right? Because it's kind of mm. like it it probably realistically was like a few pounds you know, yeah. a few kilos um and we just see it and our like a part of our brain just lights up and it's really just like okay well what do you you know when I ask well, what do you believe in that or like what are you seeing it's like that's a really good question I, I'm just seeing what I've been told is mm. that but after all of you know how all of this work you've done pretty much for the past year in total that, you know, you've been sort of trying to figure out this problem and where it all comes from and stems from. How do you look back at that and like think back to those people that you saw and those fears that you had? Mm -hmm. What do you feel now? I feel kind of sad for myself because I feel like I, I should have been enjoying everything more. I should have been enjoying my time in the U.S. And uh, I shouldn't have worried so much. Mm. Yeah. Because I I look back at pictures, you know, those um, selfie photos you take, um, um, checking your stomach or your legs and everything. And I looked at my face and I was just, it was just dead. <laughs> kind of dead inside, dead eyes and dead everything. And um, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I I, I bring it up just because it made me think like how much sometimes a few pounds, just like chilling out about a few pounds or a few kilos just like lets you live such a fuller life. And that that, yeah. that transaction, if you will, is um 
totally worth it, but we yeah. feel so much pain around it. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt you. You may, I, I thank you for pausing there with me. So where were we that you can't, you had come home? Yeah, I, I came home from the U S um, and shortly after I, um, um, I got together with my now boyfriend. We're still together, luckily. <laughs> and um, we met in the gym, I think a, a year earlier in the summer or something. And um, yeah, we we trained a lot together and um, he, he's been training a lot. And I think at that time I've been in the gym five or six times a week and I counted and weighed every bit of food and yeah. I think I was always in the in the caloric deficit, and I was still um, getting stronger, stronger at my lifts and mm -hmm. everything. So um, um, it wasn't optimal, I think. But um, yeah, um, it's a confusing time, right? You're like, look, I'm making progress. Yeah, this must be good. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and I even started working in the fitness industry, and um, yeah that wasn't good too <laughs> because I think that it's um it's a really toxic industry and um it puts a lot of pressure on your on you and um my I I put a lot of pressure on myself because I always thought I gotta look um a certain way and I gotta gotta eat a certain way I gotta lift a certain way I gotta train a certain way and um I felt like people were always looking at me and always um yeah, I was getting a lot of compliments, but I I wouldn't have been comfortable gaining weight in that environment. Just wasn't mm -hmm. possible. Mm. Because I felt so raw and I felt so um yeah. Don't know. Powerless. <laughs> That's fair. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. What was the point where you realized that this wasn't really working? Um, I think deep down inside, I, I knew it pretty fast. I think I, I mm. even knew it um, when I was in the US and um, I just ignored it mm. because I was so stuck in my eating disorder and I was so stuck in my exercise addiction and everything. And I know that my mom realized it and um, she couldn't do anything about it because she, she couldn't get through to me. And today she, she always tells me, you were, you were like a cactus and one, one couldn't reach you because you were so, yeah, what is it called? A cactus? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, with, with, with sharp edges. She always said. God, oh, you're had, prickly. <laughs> yeah. She said I had all those sharp edges and she couldn't, mm, she couldn't reach me and there okay, was nothing yeah, yeah. soft. There was that nothing, nothing, so nothing that masculine side. Yeah, of you. yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. It was totally masculine in that in that time, masculine energy. And um, yeah, I think I realized it, but I just pushed it away because I was like, you know, um, gotta do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I am so so stubborn. And um, at that time, I decided to do a bodybuilding competition. Um, yeah. Yeah, to, to I, go deeper in the wrong direction, basically. Right. And, mm -hmm. and I knew it was wrong. I, I knew that, but I just was like, you know, um, I got to do it. I got to do my, mm -hmm. 
yeah. I gotta fail myself and um yeah just uh, see see what happens I gotta make my own um experiences it's just the way I am I gotta gotta check everything out and um yeah I even did half a year of an off season and I gained a few kilos and it was it was so hard because I knew um I knew I was gaining weight and I knew it was um um I knew I needed to because um you know you can't you can't go on a competition diet if there's nothing to diet <laughs> if there isn't any any fat or any um anything you can can go lower on and um so yeah I um I gained a few a few um kilos but I at that time I never got my period not even at that time so um still wasn't enough and I was eating about um to name numbers 2500 kilo, um, calories or sometimes even closer to um 3000 and it still wasn't enough mm. yeah why do you think that I think because I, I was so active, I trained so mm. much and I was always like running around and I couldn't sit still. I was like, just like the, um, yeah, textbook anorexic that um, mm. can't sit down. I was always running and, and fidgeting and um, couldn't, couldn't sit still. Yeah. And what's what's funny is that I, as a child, I always was, um, I loved reading and I, I still love it. And I'm reading a lot um, today, again, luckily. <laughs> but um, at that time, I couldn't even focus. I could never yeah. focus on anything. I feel that. It was so hard. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, we don't actually realize how it's changing our brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. like the behavior and the, like the lack of estrogen, the increase in anxiety, the inability to focus the, you know, and then like it's perpetuated by feeling like it's helping us, you know? Um, okay. But yeah. fidgeting, some people will fidget because they like that. It keeps them moving, keeps them burning calories. So it's all just perpetuated, um, which can be really scary. Cause you're like, okay, now that that's how it becomes really hard to get out of that loop. And yeah. it's like, that's how we dig ourselves deeper. So I'm really curious about like how you got out of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it, it always gets worse before it gets better. So mm. um, for me, that was the case. Um, I did my competition and I did really great at it. And then there was a time where I really loved it. And looking back, I don't know um, if I really loved it, but um, yeah. I think it it was necessary that I did that, mm. and I I don't regret anything. And um, it was it was a time that was necessary for me. And um, sometimes I look back at those pictures, and I'm I'm really proud of myself because I I know what I did was great, and I did good, and I placed um, third one in my class. Um, I was in the uh, figure class for the people who know anything about bodybuilding but um yeah my eating disorder and my exercise addition uh, addiction was at an all-time high and um I had almost zero social contacts and I only lived in that bubble and um I I couldn't function I was just surviving and um after the uh, competition I still know that I um, even lost more weight and uh, four weeks after my competition, I've um, lost another kilo or something. 
which is pretty dangerous because it's you just you yeah. need to do the opposite you need to to get healthy again because you're clearly the unhealthiest you can ever be after after a competition and i um i know that my my joints were hurting and um um, I always had to go pee because my estrogen was so low and um, one day I told my mom oh my god my joints are hurting and my, my knees are hurting and she was like yeah that's um, that's what you get when you're in, in menopause and that was a, was a sentence for me where I thought oh my god I just gotta I, I'm sick I gotta get healthy again I gotta mm. do something and um, yeah but it was just so hard because I was in that in that loop, and I, I think I, I got up in the morning and I walked for half an hour. I went to work. Um, I didn't have breakfast. I had breakfast um, after working a couple of hours, and then lunch break. I was walking again, and after work, I was um, training. I was um, yeah working out, and um, after working out, I was. I would go go out again on a walk and it was just like crazy. I was just running yeah. all day, running all day, but never getting anywhere and just running away from my thoughts, mm. from my from my life, from my feelings, from everything, because I feel like the only thing I felt like I could control was my was my body and was um the way I ate. Yeah, wow. That is quite a moment, right? like mm. oh this is you know I, my body is shutting down or like telling me it, it's not happy and I'm doing I'm still walking and and dieting and working out like while I sit with this information but at some point because I think by the time I met you you had already decreased exercise quite a lot yeah um so what were your first so so what made you say okay I'm gonna mm -hmm. make some changes yeah, um, I think it was in spring of 2020 um, when um, the COVID pandemic started. I, you know, we we couldn't go to the gym for a bit of a time, and um, so I naturally started uh, training less. And I think I went from five days to um, four days a week, which is still um, pretty intense. <laughs> I know that now, but um, I just um, couldn't do a bigger step and. Um, I think in March 2020, I found the book No Period, Now What? Mm. And I knew I had to change something. And um, I knew that before because I I made myself that promise before I um, went on this competition prep that I, um, yeah, I would take care of my hormonal health um, after the competition. That was my, my promise for myself. But um, it was just something I, I kept, um, yeah. Mm. What do you say? I just uh, put it put it on the corner for delayed. a moment. Delayed it, yeah. But um, yeah, and then I found the book and I I read it in about one or two days and I soaked everything in like a like a yeah sponge or something and um, mm -hmm. yeah I made slight changes and um, at some some day I stopped counting calories yeah at some point and it that was really hard because. Um, um, I counted calories for so many years. I just knew. Yeah, was that, you? <laughs> I, you probably kept like mentally counting yeah. them. Mm -hmm. That uh -huh, I think I, I did that, that a long time. time. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think I stopped counting calories in July or something of 2020, and I 
I calculated them in my head for another year. Mm -hmm. That's realistic. Yeah, yeah. I actually love mm -hmm. this point. This hasn't come up on the show much, but this is really realistic. Um, people who have counted for a long time, it's so common to find yourself like just sitting there adding up your lunch and breakfast, seeing where you're at kind of thing yeah. in your head um, and doing it all the time and like mm -hmm. getting into bed at night and like recapping in your head what you ate yeah. and like waking up in the morning and kind of thinking about like what you ate yesterday and like what you should, it's like such a strange phenomenon, but it happens and it goes for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And that could, that can be a difficult thing to get out of. Um, are you, do you find yourself still doing that or were you able to, to stop doing that? Um, I think at some point that just stopped. And yeah. today I'm, I think I'm, I'm just doing I don't do it anymore. No. Yeah. You just kind of get over it. Like it's yeah. actually really hard to do the skill does like the skill, you know, of like of calculating your macros. Mm -hmm. it, it, it does go away. But also I think the, the main thing is that, um, it stops serving a purpose. You're like, yeah. okay, I'm calculating it, but I'm not, I'm no longer doing anything with that information. Yeah. I don't need that. I know, you know, what you, cause yeah. you, I bet it's like kind of connected to when you have new, new goals, like, Hey, we're building your meals like this. You're going to focus on that. You're going to like now counting calories doesn't go with those new goals mm -hmm. that you're working yeah. on. Mm. And to be honest, I just, I don't want to know. <laughs> it's yeah. the same with my weight. I don't, I don't want to step on the scale. I don't want to know because um, I know at this point of my life, um, I'm not able to do um, anything about it because I know my health com comes first and I, um, mm. I'm still healing and everything. And um, what, what does this information bring me? Mm. Nothing but um, struggle and pain and sadness. It's confusing and yeah. loud and mm -hmm. just, it doesn't change anything. So why would I know, uh, why would I get to know something that um, doesn't change anything for me? So. Yeah. 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 Well, there's like, this is more relevant to the rest of your story, but we'll wait till we get there. Um, okay. So you started making those changes. Um, you had gained, you had eaten, eaten a fair, you had increased your calories thing to like 3000 some days. Um, you were still active. Then you decreased down to like from five days to four days. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and it wasn't really working, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't really working. Um, that's right. Because, um, I feel like I was half assing recovery for like, yeah, maybe a, a good year, mm. maybe more. Um, because I, I still got uh, stronger in the gym and I was doing like, um, 130 kilograms mm. of uh, hip thrusts, which is a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm fine. My back hurts a bit, but I'm fine. Mm. And my, my boyfriend always was like, you know, um, 130 kilograms of hip thrust. That's just not your usual, not, that's just not the usual weight um, a girl lifts or a woman your your age lifts and um, all the other women are doing. So it's not um, literally, it's still on some yeah. kind of a competition level <laughs> yeah you're still maxing out like you're still yeah. lifting a really heavy percentage yeah mm -hmm. yeah so I knew um I feel like um food never was my problem because I I just love to eat and I went through so many tubs of ice cream and um 
yeah, that was that was the good part of recovery because I I had those days where I really felt like I I can't let go. But it's it was hard too. But um, the hardest thing was really giving up um, lifting because I, you know, you at some day you identify uh, through your physique and um, you are your your body and um, people know you as the fit person and they know you as the bodybuilding girl and everything and um, you know yourself as that and you just you can't let go from that identity because um, you're afraid um, of what what's beyond that is is there something beyond that is there anything am I still a person is there still um, something inside me Um, it's just like you don't know because you suppress it for so long and you've only been this um this body for so many years yeah that's hard i think to recognize and um that's Mm -hmm. um yeah the reason why it was so hard to to give up lifting and i was so afraid of my body changing and um yeah so one day I was just like, so let's let's give it up. And I, I had taken a, a longer break for, I think, eight weeks or something. And after those eight weeks, I think it was um, at the end of 2020, I was experiencing a bit of spotting. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, it's working. It was the, the first um, um, progress sign I think I saw. But um, after those eight weeks, I was like, you know, um, I'm, f- I'm fine with lifting. I got to start again because I, I was so afraid of my body changing and um yeah but it just didn't work and I I saw all those I witnessed all those women getting their periods back and I I don't know how many times I've read oh I got my period after five weeks and I was like oh my god I'm mm. doing this for one and a half years and um I just I want to want to bring that up for every woman who's still in this process hey Do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora cornucopia of things, but in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing and these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even we have created a checklist it's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery and it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot 
and we'll send it straight through to you. You can print it off and you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you you know, systematically kicked it to the curb. So check it out. It's thehasociety.com forward slash blind spot. And it will be waiting for you there. Um, this, uh, this thing took me two and a half years and it was the hardest thing I, I've ever done. I've never done anything harder in my life. It's, and I'm not lying. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. Wow. It was a really hard thing for me. And, um, yeah um i think i i gave up lifting in the middle of 2021 um for good and i was like okay let's get my period back first i don't know how long it will take but um i will wait it out and um yeah i went um, through fall and through winter and through spring and still nothing happened i had um yeah, your usual signs of um, cervical mucus and everything. And um, I gained a bit more weight, but um, I think the important thing is that I still was in my comfort zone. Yeah. And never, yeah, never so there were still some things you were doing that yeah. kept you comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was still walking a lot and I was still, I did yoga and I went bouldering and I, um, I didn't eat any full fat products. I still ate uh, light, light fat cheese and everything. And um, mm. I didn't cook with oil. And I think my, my fat intake was pretty low and I was still eating very clean. I think that was a big part. And um, yeah, I couldn't really eat snacks. Mm. So I think I usually had one snack, but not more. And that was kind of a hard thing for me mentally and, um, like you just uncomfortable with snacking yeah. yeah yeah I was just uncomfortable um with eating when I wasn't hungry yeah. I just c- couldn't I just couldn't understand that I had to eat when I wasn't hungry and I um and th- that took me so long to understand yeah. that that for for many women they have to eat when they're not hungry to get their periods back and to be on um on an optimal level hormonally, I yeah. think. And um, yeah, so in May, 2020, I went on a two week long hike um, alone through um, Portugal and through Spain. And alone, um, like by yourself? Yeah, by myself. With my I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, wow, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool. But I met a lot of people, so I was never alone, but um, yeah. Right was a cool cool um adventure and um yeah i think um the last day when i um before i got back to germany before i went on my flight back home i was like oh my god um there's something i gotta i gotta um hmm, i gotta take with me there's 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 something an experience or some wisdom there's some wisdom i gotta take with me and what what's that wisdom for me on um on that um two two week long hike and what's the thing i'm gonna learn about myself Mm. i always um felt like asking myself that question and then there there was something that came up and the thing was um i decided to 
get myself help from a coach to finally get my period back because um, I I thought about my whole process and I thought about um, yeah my goal to get my period back and I thought about um, it already taking one and a half years and um, I mentioned earlier I um, yeah I reached every goal in my life and there hasn't been a single thing I didn't I didn't achieve that I had one or two and um, but I came to a re- came to the realization that I um that i can't do this alone i gotta need help i gotta get help and um i i won't do this alone because i'm i'm standing in my own way (laughs) were you able to see what those things were that were standing in your way and you're just like i don't think i'm willing to change those or were you a little bit unsure what it was that was stopping your approach from working completely no I think I'm a I can can reflect pretty good on my behaviors and I'm a I'm I'm a person that um, usually is pretty clear about their habits and their intentions and then about everything that's going on in their head so I I really knew what my problems were but um, when I started working with you I think I I even told you um, there's something I need from you and I need you to tell me what to do. And I, I'm functioning best with rules and with um, plans and with habits and routines. And I need you to, um, to create that for me. Sure. So that I can only just tick boxes because, um, yeah, that's what I'm good at. I can tick boxes <laughs> and I can, I can do goals and, um, you know, but, but I, like, but it's hard for you to set those for yourself in this particular issue. Yeah, yeah, because I can't trust myself. I always mm-hmm. felt like, you know, I can't trust myself because if I'm, um, I'm gonna eat um, the way I'm hungry, I gotta be, I will be obese one day. I can't trust myself around food, around my body, around my hunger, around everything. I just can't trust myself, and I think that's a some um deep rooted a deep uh, rooted belief um something like i'm not good enough and um yeah i'm i'm not safe something like that and mm. i i just i can't trust i can't let go because i gotta control everything mm. yeah yeah historically handling all of our issues with the masculine like checklist style yeah um solution I guess it's pretty wise to be able to know that about yourself and be like okay so also you know if I if I try to create the list myself I will negotiate on it or I will worry that it's not the right list like I'm not confident in this yeah Um, exactly mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay so let's go into sort of what we changed from there so quick recap right um because so many people can relate to this Mm -hmm. we got ha and we tried all of the ways we're comfortable with um that are sort of low-hanging fruit or easiest to recover and we're making some progress but at some point we're stagnant and we're self-reflecting and we're like okay this is probably not something I can figure out being accountable only to myself so 
we start together and what do you recall um being sort of the things that you changed straight off the bat and what was hard and what was easy um i think one of the first uh, two of the first things we changed um was um that i gave up coffee and i um switched to um yeah decaffeinated uh, coffee which was pretty easy so i i hadn't uh, had any problems with that but um at the time we started uh, working together, I um, had a lot of free time and I wasn't working at that time. And, and it was summer and I mm. could sleep the way I want. I could, um, you know, um, plan my day the way I wanted. So that wasn't hard. Um, what was really hard is that I had to throw out every, um, you know, light fat product I still had. I still had my light uh, feta cheese. I still had my... Um, yeah, light, light curd and everything. And um, yeah, I started cooking with oil, which was uh, uh, pretty scary for me because mm. I, I hadn't done that. I never, yeah. never done that. <laughs> yeah, I added, added butter and I, and I started eating eggs again, whole eggs. And that's um, still one of, one of uh, the things I love most because I, you know, usually I have about two eggs a day and I just love it. I feel like it's really what my body is craving and just a, a really good food for me. And I haven't had that in so long. And um, yeah, always ate um, low fat ground beef and we switched that to um, yeah whole fat or normal fat ground beef. And um, I think we, yeah, pretty fast added a consistent um snack between uh, lunch and dinner which wasn't uh, really hard because i always felt like i needed that snack i was hungry for it and it was um, confirmed for you so you were ready yeah. to do it yeah 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 and it felt good and um i always had my um dessert after dinner and i still have that and um yeah i was pretty fine with the first changes we made and i um I recognized um, improvements pretty quickly and my digestion got better and um, mm. my moods got um, more stable and I even my hunger ramped up and I felt more hungry than before, which was scary um, at first, but I knew it was a good sign because I, um, I read a lot about um, the biology behind everything and behind hormones. So I, I knew I was on track and it was good. And um yeah, I gained, I gained a bit of weight and first it was okay, but um, yeah, it went on. And um, there mm -hmm. have been a lot of times where I was like, oh my God, I'm huge now. <laughs> I'm, I felt like a, like a whale or like a baby elephant or something. And I, some days I, I couldn't even rec recognize myself. And um, the hardest thing was um, seeing my belly um, expand and um, yeah, having all that fat on my belly that um, was so unfamiliar because I always have been so lean. And even if, when I was lean, I still hated my stomach because I thought there was too much fat on it, which is so, looking back, it's just crazy, crazy thinking. It's just, mm. I had a crazy mind. And yeah, that was hard because um, I think it took me june july august three months of working with you until my first um period came 
Yeah. It felt like longer than that. That took forever. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it felt like forever, didn't it? Um, Was it really only three months? I guess. Yeah. Oh, did, I guess did like we... saying three months doesn't sound that long, but being yeah. in the three months yeah, feels right. like That's... a very long time. But I think we, we started working together in June. Sure. Oh, start, of, start of June. So June, I July, believe August. you because I feel like yeah. we've been spending more time on optimizing your cycle versus trying to get it back. So that yeah. probably yeah. makes sense. It's just like, oh, wow. You kind of look <laughs> back and you're like, oh, that that I remember that bit I remember that being hard being like when mm-hmm. you know when and where is the progress and I I there's a couple things about what, what you're saying that I want to sort of touch on and acknowledge the first one being that you know at, right out the gate those are some massive changes you had to like one of the things you were still doing was like eating like a bodybuilder and eating, yeah. you know, like low fat and, and trying to avoid. So, so yeah. you might've been eating more of those foods, but it was still those foods. And I think yeah. it's so, so um interesting and surprising to people that like, sometimes it's not just about eating more. It's about what it, what it was because your mm. body is still experiencing a level of restriction. It's still yeah. just like eating more of the things that are harder to digest. And it's, it feels like we're in a famine and this is all that is available when really mm. there's actually abundance and very often um you know we have to bring fats into people's diet yeah. and it right. makes a difference mm-hmm. yeah and i think i think the hardest part was when um when we felt like um just a couple of weeks before my period came back at the end of august we felt like um it's still not enough and there's still mm. something that's um you know yes, lacking yes. and that's missing and um that was when when Ashley told me, you know, um, I'm seeing you're having three solid meals and you're having one snack and you're you're having dessert, but um, what about a snack between breakfast and lunch? Oh, and I was yeah. like, oh my god, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She found. Oh, she's so good at that. Yeah. She like finds. The- <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely better at that than me. I'm learning so much from her on that. Um, I yes, I remember that. I came yeah. back from vacation. And you mm-hmm. added a stack in. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, boom. Yeah, and I hated it. I really hated it. And I was like, no, I, I don't need it. I don't need it. I'm not hungry for it. I hate it. And I <laughs> I wouldn't have it. But um, yeah, I started to have a banana and some almond butter or something between um, breakfast and lunch. And um, yeah, it's some days I felt like, like, you know, a newborn or something, because I felt like I was eating every two hours. <laughs> um, eating six, six times a day, but now it's just, um, I'm still doing that. Um, yeah, it, just, yeah, yeah. It, it feels naturally. And um, I know I'm eating a lot more than, than other people, but um, I'm a lot more healthier than I've been um, last couple of years so yeah but I think after I um added the snack between breakfast and lunch um five or six days later I ovulated for the first time and I got my period I think 10 days later nine days later or something so um it's it it shocks people how like there really can be something there really can be like one like seemingly annoying and stupid little thing um that is sort of yeah in in the way or or not necessarily in the way but like but could 
get you across the line that you're trying mm-hmm. to go. And sometimes it really is investigating that and finding the thing that makes you crawl out of your skin um, to do, because that might be the thing that you have to do. So that's really cool. And I, yes, there was also a lot of, you know, for you with your history coming up out of an eating disorder, coming up out of um, bodybuilding prep and a long history of sort of eating in a certain way and continuing to do movement, you weren't doing it excess of movement, but you were uh, doing bouldering and things like that mm-hmm. very, you know, a couple times a week. Yep. And with that, you probably had also um, a significant amount of muscle mass, maybe compared to the average female. So all of that has to be taken into account when it comes to like how much food it takes for your body to function and manage all of the systems of your body and, you know, stop your body from eating its eating itself and its own yeah. muscle and um so it really makes a lot of sense that that happened but let's give everyone a little bit of reality too right that it's not just like oh add a snack get your period back i mean yeah but the cycles weren't all perfect right so what mm-hmm. what happened next yeah um what happened next i think my first um recovery period was ovulatory and um I was pretty happy about it and um, I picked up lifting um, straight after I got my first period and um, I mentioned earlier I'm not a person of regrets I don't regret anything but um, if you are currently in the place of getting your first period back don't go straight back to lifting don't do it I think um, it would have done me better if I had waited another couple of weeks because um my body was still getting getting used to cycling and um yeah I I just went back to lifting and I I just can't do it leisurely I um I started slow and I um really try to to keep it slow more slow and to keep a more slower approach but um yeah I'm just not that kind of person that um can do do half half a workout (laughs) (laughs) okay it's just hard for me because I'm um I've always been in that um bodybuilding mindset and um you know um mindset of um screaming at yourself during sets and um pushing Mm -hmm. another one another one another one and um crawling out of the gym after um training legs and um yeah not even able to yeah. walk and everything, but um, yeah. So it's it's a pretty pretty intense shift to try to get to a more um, yeah. yeah more feminine approach, more feminine, more more um, beneficial yeah. approach for my body and for my hormones. But um, yeah, I think I so it took me a bit time to find my balance um, mm-hmm. in training, and um, so yeah, my um, cycles that followed my first um, recovery period they have been an ovulatory um every every second every one. other one every second one <laughs> and i haven't been able to break that pattern until um last cycle yeah two in a row hey. two ovulations two in, in a row, row. Yeah. and um i have i had been um no i i got six periods since since then i think it yeah just mm-hmm. um 
just had my my sixth one so um yeah half an hour of work and um it's uh, still not optimal and i think my my progesterone is still a bit low because I'm uh, noticing that the temperatures in my luteal phase, um, they could be a bit higher and even in follicular phase, they could be a bit higher, but um, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out if it's just my body um, because I can see a rise when I'm ovulating, but um, yeah, I don't know if I can um, maybe optimize something, but time will tell. So um, yeah. yeah, it's still it's still pretty, pretty important for me to keep up my eating and to, to not lose any weight because I know um, it just won't be beneficial. I'm just not in a place where I can do that. And that's hard. It's some, yeah. some days hard because I, I feel like um, I know what I'm capable of. And I know that I, if I wanted to, I could lose, I don't know, 10 kilos or something and look um, lean again and look like that. Um, yeah like a bodybuilding woman again maybe not in in half half a year but maybe in a year and i know i i did it i did it once and i know that i could do it um again but um there's there's another there's word in my head yeah there's, that sorry? there's a cost that there's yeah a cost there's, there, that. there's a cost and there's another voice in my head that's um asking me you know um do you think that's that's necessary and do you think that's um beneficial for your life for your social life for your um you know um for your family life for your for your relationships for everything for your health and for for your well-being and um if i'm honest with myself the answer is no i just yeah, don't yeah. don't need to do it this is this is awesome this is where we acknowledge that um yeah just because you could doesn't mean maybe that you should. And yeah, yeah there's that voice that's going to say, hey, re like, remember how good it was. Like, remember the praise and the acceptance and the love. Mm -hmm. Like, we could do that. We could go back to that. Um, uh, But you did that back in a time where, you know, you at least chose to have your blinders on to, like, we've all, we all did this. I did this too, to like the, that it's not just, um, it's not, without consequences right like we just yeah. we just think it's just good and now you know too much and the reality is having seen how sensitive your cycle is you know um most people don't just go straight into perfect cycles and you know you, you follow that pattern too right like there's still work to be done and there's still signs that the that the body is like um kind of tiptoeing out of hiding mm. and it will just go right back. Like it, it does take for most people at least a year to build a level of yeah. stability and strength against, um, you know, when you put your body through adversity, when you put your body through challenges, it, your body needs to have a level of strength to be able to maintain that homeostasis yeah. and resilience. Yeah. That resilience. Yeah. And you still need to build that. And so if you ran back in the other direction, you know, that would, it wouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. So, and, and also like, it's just, it's just clear too, that there's still just some like emotional work then to be done at, with the morning for you. It's definitely morning and grieving the, the, the hard work that you had done, the, the potential to go back to it, you know, like, um, 
wanting to go back and do it again and desiring that and not being able to is a time to mourn and grieve yeah and that's okay yeah like you're in process like right as we speak as I speak to you right now you're in process and I just know that if Mm -hmm. we had you back on the show in another year (laughs) I think you would even be you know you'd have different experiences and different perspectives to share and I think it's it's still a time to reflect on um yeah, on the time where where I was lean and where I was um, quote unquote um, desirable and um, where I had that you know um, yeah fitness optic um, body and everything. But um, looking back, I I did not feel more loved at that time, mm-hmm. and um, I did not feel confident, and I did not feel I did not didn't I didn't I never loved my body, and um, I think. Um, objectively my body um doesn't look as good as before but um i'm just so only objectively if you have a certain definition of what looking good means because i think that you would say my body looks healthier objectively definitely and i'm but does it fit the bodybuilding mold does it fit like society's like leaner is better mold no it doesn't yeah but it's definitely healthy and I wouldn't want to change it um anymore and I I just love her for everything what she does for me and um I love her resilience and I I know how how sick I was and how I looked and how yeah just how sick my mind was and now um I know what what is reversible and there's our bodies are incredibly um, resilient and there's so much of this reversible and um i think you you just have to be um thankful for that opportunity and there there has been a time in my life where i was so anxious that i um would never be able to um start a family and never be able to have a child Mm. to to get pregnant and everything and it's there was a thing that i just i felt like i couldn't accept that and um, now that I have this um, opportunity again, it's just, it's wonderful. And I'm, I'm um, celebrating every, every period I get and every, every day I, I bleed. So or every period I get is just a, it's like Christmas and, and birthday together. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Because it's oh. just been such, such hard work. It has been, yeah. Yeah, like you put in the hours for sure, mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. And I feel like your your journey is kind of continuing and you're mm-hmm. going to go down a path of like, okay, now how do I balance my desire to still be an athlete and still train, but but remain healthy? And I'm so excited to see how that looks for you. So you'll always yeah. have to keep me in the loop. I um, will. And we are not done yet. We are still working together. <laughs> we, yes, Which we are not done, but, but it's, a life, it's a lifetime of work. Yeah. So. You know, I always love it when people reach out, like I get, I'll get a, a, a photo of someone's baby from like a year ago and I'll be like, <laughs> oh my God, I remember when we were, when oh. I was talking you off a cliff thinking that you would never get pregnant and now you're sending me a picture of your baby. Like the whole thing is just the best. So yeah, all of the updates forever. Um, Lena, thank that. you for, sh- for sharing your story with everybody. We appreciate it completely. Um, Final, final word, if there's something that you want someone listening to know yeah. or everyone listening to know, what, what yeah. would it be? I think I um, got a 
gotta say something to all my women and girls who are um yeah naturally sitting at a higher body weight and um i always um feel like um i needed to know that and that was um some part of the reason why i started working with you because um you are more like my body type and I feel like there are a lot of practitioners out there um eating disorder practitioners and um HA practitioners that are just I feel like they are so small and um some sometimes I think they they don't look recovered because they are still so small and um I'm just um sitting on a on a higher weight genetically and um I just I always had um yeah bigger legs and they've they've never been thin and I always wanted to have long thin legs and it's just not for me and it took me such a long time to accept that but um now that I I've accepted that it's it's so much easier and so I think every woman which is genetically sitting on a higher weight um needs to know that that's uh, totally fine and you can be you can be at a normal weight at a normal BMI and every doctor tells you no don't uh, gain any more weight everything's fine and they they told that to me and they said you know you're fine you're you are sitting on a on a good weight and I I was terrified of gaining any more weight because um everyone told me no you're okay with that weight you don't need to need to gain more but um for me that weight was still still not enough and then and I had to gain a lot of weight to um get my cycle back and to get my my hormones uh thriving again and um I think it's just highly individual and um now that I'm that I got my period back I'm heavier than ever and I don't know how heavy I am but um I think for a little reference I'm 156 um centimeters for all the 165 156 or 166 no, one, 156 yeah okay. i'm pretty cool, cool. pretty short i'm 156 um meters 10 meters and um i'm sure i am heavier than 64 pounds i don't know if it's sorry kilos <laughs> kilos <laughs> like, i'm sure you are too <laughs> yes yes yeah so hey. i think i think i I'm sitting at 65 kilograms, maybe. And that's nice, I think healthy, that's normal the weight. Heaviest yeah. I've ever been. And I am 20 kilograms heavier than I've been um, at my lowest. But um, yeah, that's just the way it mm. is. And um, all the women that um, that are listening and that um, feel like um, they're on a normal weight and they don't have their period back, I just can, can tell you... Um, maybe for your body it's not enough and your your body knows best and you yeah. gotta feed oh, feed yeah. her and um take care for her and um she will tell you when when it's enough weight and no bmi will tell her and uh, tell you and no doctor and no don't know no practitioner no internet website yeah you need to oh, yeah, listen to I love your it. <laughs> yeah well thank you so much lena we can't cannot wait to get back with show in a year mm-hmm. and we will mm-hmm. see all of you guys next week bye Bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 
100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are. And that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period, and if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle's not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is of course dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there but i may even recommend it for just everyone in general get your husbands on it get your partners on it if you have a history of ha and add on top of that maybe a history of the pill maybe you've been pregnant before you know through treatments or other like you've just your body's been through anything you know you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, 
Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef and my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.